So, Bab fi Mufsadat As-Sawm, the chapter regarding the things that break your fast. So, there are a number of things. We mentioned some of them, I think, last time. One of them is the intercourse. One of them was the release of the seminal fluid by desire. One of them was eating or drinking on purpose. Those three we mentioned last time. What if you eat or drink by accident? And then you carry on fasting for the rest of the day, correct. Number four then. Number four is إخراج الدم من البدن بحجامة Removing blood from the body through various means. It could be through hijama, cupping. It could be giving some blood to help somebody who needs surgery. Donating blood for that purpose, removing blood from your body can be something that breaks your fast. We briefly mentioned it last time. If a doctor takes a small sample of blood from you for something, does that break your fast? If he takes a large sample, does it break your fast? Yes. That is what the scholars mention, as Sheikh Al-Fawzan mentions that. What about a nosebleed? What if lots of blood comes out? Mm. So a nosebleed, it just happens by itself, blood comes out, that does not break your fast. What about if you have to have a tooth removed. You go to the dentist, the dentist tells you you've been having too many sweets. One of your teeth has to come out. In Ramadan, your appointment. So you go and he pulls your tooth out. When he pulls it out, what's going to come out as well? Blood. Does it break your fast? Purposely took your tooth out? Ah, okay. Purposely ate too many sweets? If you have a tooth removed during Ramadan, sometimes it can be emergency. Sometimes you develop an abscess or something and you get an appointment, they say it needs to be removed. You cannot wait for three weeks till the end of Ramadan. And nowadays, it's not like you can wait to open your fast and go. 10 o'clock it opens, everything closed. So you may be stuck. You may be stuck and the tooth needs to be removed. The tooth can be removed. And the blood which comes out when you remove it, as long as you're careful, you don't swallow it, but that blood, you wash it out of your mouth, that blood doesn't break your fast. Because it's only a small amount anyway, and on top of that, even if a lot started coming out, 
before you stopped it and they put something there to stop it, it still wouldn't break your fast because that is not something intentional. You're removing the tooth out of necessity. Whatever blood comes out as a consequence isn't something which you intended to do. That isn't the purpose. It was a necessity to remove the tooth so that blood doesn't break your fast. And also if you have an injury, if you fall off your bike and you bleed lots, Breaks your fast or not? Doesn't because it was an accident, you did not intend it. Number five, vomiting. Does vomiting break your fast or not? It does. Depends on how much you vomit. So, vomiting breaks your fast if you make yourself on purpose vomit. If it happens accidentally, you're not feeling well, and you end up vomiting because you're feeling a bit unwell, that's not your fault and your fast is okay. But if you make yourself vomit on purpose, your stomach is hurting, and you can tell maybe something you've eaten isn't quite right. So you want to make yourself vomit and you want to make yourself feel better. You make yourself vomit, that breaks your fast. So vomiting on purpose breaks your fast. But if you're not feeling well and you just end up vomiting, then that doesn't break your fast. There is a hadith. مَنْ ذَرَعَهُ الْقَيْءِ فَلَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ قَضَاءٍ Whoever is overcome by vomit, you're not feeling well and you end up vomiting. That person doesn't have to make up the day, it counts, carry on fasting. But then it says, Whoever makes himself vomit on purpose, then he has to make up that day, broken the fast. Then the Shaykh, he mentions here a few other points. What about drops? Eye drops, nose drops, ear drops. Are those types of medications allowed when you're fasting or not? Uh-huh. Non-nutritious. Okay. With drops, it differs. If you have eye drops, then technically that doesn't break your fast. Eye drops will not lead to anything going into the stomach from there. Ear drops, again, technically doesn't break the fast. Ear drops would not go into your stomach. Even though it's better to avoid them still. Nose drops, ear, uh, eye drops, ear drops. If you can avoid them, you don't necessarily need to take them, then don't. But if you need to, then eye drops, ear drops are allowed. Nose drops are not allowed, the scholars say. Because nose drops are going straight into your nose and they will end up going into your stomach. Nose is a direct inlet into your stomach. So Sheikh Al-Fawzan says, nose drops are not allowed. Eye drops, ear drops could be allowed. 
but nose drops, if you drop the drops into your nose, that is liquid going in there, and that liquid has a direct passage to the stomach. So they are not supposed to be used when you're fasting. Also, when you're making wudu and you put water into the mouth and the nose, to clean out the mouth and the nose when you're making wudu, you are not supposed to take it too far in. So when you're cleaning your mouth, don't take it all the way to gargle it. When you're doing your nose, don't suck it all the way to the top because you may end up sucking some in. So when making the wudu, you suck it in reasonable but not too high. In the mouth, take it in but not all the way gargling because that is putting yourself at risk of swallowing that water. And there is a hadith وَبَالِغْ فِي الْإِسْتِنْشَاقِ مَا لَمْ تَكُنْ أَوْ إِلَّا أَنْ تَكُونَ صَائِمًا Do it. Gargling and everything. In the wudu, the hadith says, except unless you are fasting. Do it. Properly take the water all the way unless you are fasting, it says. When you are fasting, then you don't take it in too far. Just in case you end up swallowing it. Siwak. The Shaykh says, is that allowed or not? Siwak. That is allowed and it does not affect the person. It is actually mustahab. You should use the siwak. That is good. Flavored siwak, maybe you could avoid that. Some of them have a lot of strong flavors now. But a normal, normal siwak, it is permissible and you use it. What about, I think you have it here as well, that smoke thing they do. When you put the fire on, in that thing they hold, you put the fire, the coal, the charcoal, and it burns and the smoke comes out. The nice smell comes out. That bukhur, that one, if you smell it, does it break your fast or not? Who said that? It does. Mm-hmm. Breaks it. Does it break your fast or not? The scholars, they say, if it is a heavy substance where actual particles are flying out into the smoke, the, the, the coal thing when it burns, sometimes the particles are coming, small sections. If it's heavy duty like that, the sections are flying up in the heat, in the smoke. And you're taking that in, that can be a problem. But normal, just the, the smoke, the fragrance of it, just the smoke of it, that doesn't necessarily break your fast. So it's about the, the texture they talk about. If the texture is heavy and it goes in, that can be a problem. Especially if it has those particles within it. But if it is a light, normal check, texture, it is just fragrance, air, smell, that doesn't break your fast. Also now the Shaykh says, when you are fasting, you must avoid lying, backbiting, swearing at others, cursing them. All of these things you must avoid. What if a person comes to you and starts swearing at you and saying bad things to you when you're fasting? What do you say to him? 
Maybe know him, but you can say something to him. Okay, just tell him, Inni Sa'im. Inni Sa'im. Tell him, I am fasting. I am fasting. فَإِنَّ بَعْضَ النَّاسِ قَدْ يَسْهُلْ عَلَيْهِ تَرْكُ الطَّعَامُ وَالشَّرَابِ The Shaykh says, some people, it's easy to stop eating and drinking. That isn't a big deal. لَكِنْ لَا يَسْهَلْ عَلَيْهِ تَرْكِ مَعْتَادَهُ مِنَ الْأَقْوَالِ وَالْأَفْعَالِ الرَّدِيئَةِ But it is not easy for him to leave the evil statements and actions that he normally does. The degrading statements and actions, lying and cheating and deceiving. That type of thing isn't that easy to leave. People get a habit of lying all the time. Even when they're fasting, they carry on lying to the people. They get a habit of backbiting everyone. Even when they're fasting, they carry on backbiting in their conversations. Those types of things are not easy to leave, the Shaykh says. وَلِهَذَا قَالَ بَعْضُ salaf, And that's why some of the Salaf used to say, أَهْوَنُ الصَّيَامِ تَرْكُ الطَّعَامُ وَالشَّرَابِ The easiest part of fasting is to stop eating and drinking. The easiest part of fasting is to stop eating and drinking. The hardest part is to stop your bad actions. Stopping your bad actions, that's where you need to work on. فَعَلَى الْمُسْلِمِ أَنْ يَتَّقِيَ اللَّهِ وَيَخَافُهُ وَيَسْتَشْعِرْ عَظَمَةَ رَبِّهِ وَاطِّلَاعِهِ عَلَيْهِ فِي كُلِّ حِينُ وَعَلَى كُلِّ حَالِ فَيُحَافِظْ عَلَى صَيَامِهِ مِنَ الْمُفْصِدَاتِ وَالْمُنْقِصَاتِ وَمُنَقِّصَاتِ لِيَكُونَ صَيَامُهُ صَحِيحًا So the Muslim needs to fear Allah and he needs to realize the greatness of his Lord and that Allah is watching you in everything you do. So you need to look after your fasting and be sure that you don't fall into these things that break your fast or take away the reward of your fast. Because you know, when you fast, you get reward for the day. Every day you fast, you get reward for that day. But if you were lying during that day, that means some of your reward is going to get taken away. If you were backbiting someone that day, some more of your reward will get taken away. If you were cheating or deceiving or telling stories about people, more of your reward will get taken away. If you did so many bad speech, so much bad things about lying and all these things during the day, then it's possible all of the reward for that day of yours might get so how much reward do you get left at the end of the day? Zero. Zero. In French. So you get left with zero reward. Zero reward for the day. Your fast counts. Your day will count. But because you've been doing all of these bad things with your speech, your reward has been getting down and down and down and down until you might end up with Zero reward for the day. So you've been fasting all day, hungry all day, and at the end you get zero reward because you wasted all your reward. You got rid of it yourself by doing what? Backbiting, lying, cheating, all those things. 
So that's why you have to look after your fasting and look after what you do and say when you're fasting to make sure that at the end of the day you're going to get the reward for it. وَيَنْبَغِي لِلصَّائِمْ أَنْ يَشْتَغِلَ بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَتِلَاوَةِ الْقُرْآنِ وَلِكْثَارِ مِنَ النَّوَافِلِ And a person who's fasting, he needs to make sure that he uses his fasting daytime, nighttime, the month of Ramadan, by doing the remembrance of Allah. By doing the remembrance of Allah. By doing dhikr. By doing dhikr. The remembrance of Allah. And by reciting the Quran. And by praying nafila prayers. Pray the extra prayers. فَقَدْ كَانَ السَّلَفِ إِذَا صَامُوا When the salaf used to fast. جَلَسُوا فِي الْمَسْجِدِ They would sit in the mosque. وَقَالُوا And they would say, نَحْفَظْ سَوْمَنَا وَلَا نَغْتَابُ أَحَدًا That we will guard our fast and not backbite anyone. And the Prophet said, مَنْ لَمْ يَدَعْ قَوْلَ الزُّورِ وَالْعَمَلَ بِهِ فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ حَاجَةِ فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ حَاجَةِ فِي أَنْ يَدَعَ طَعَامَهُ وَشَرَابَهُ That whomsoever does not leave the false speech, lying and cheating and those things, and acting upon it, doing those bad things, وَالْجَهْلْ foolishness. Whoever doesn't leave these things, then Allah has no need for you to leave your food and drink. You're fasting, but you're still carrying on with all of those evil things, and you're doing it wrong. That's not how you're supposed to fast. وَذَلِكَ لِأَنَّهُ لَا يَتِمُّ التَّقَرُّبَ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى بِتَرْكِ هَذِهِ الشَّهَوَاتِ الْمُبَاحَةِ فِي غَيْرِ حَالَةِ الصِّيَامِ إِلَّا بَعْدَ التَّقَرُّبِ إِلَيْهِ بِتَرْكِ مَا حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ فِي كُلِّ حَالٍ مِنَ الْكَذِبِ وَالظُّلْمِ وَالْعِدْوَانِ عَلَى النَّاسِ فِي دِمَائِهِمْ وَأَمْوَالِهِمْ وَأَعْرَاضِهِمْ So this act of worship of fasting, it isn't just about leaving your food and drink, but it's about leaving all of these other haram things. Lying and backbiting are all haram things. So you need to leave all of those sins, not just stop food and drink for one month, to gain closeness to Allah, then you must fulfill this worship in the complete way. And the complete way is to stop the food and drink and to stop all of your bad things you do with your tongue, with your speech, and all of the bad things you do in your actions. Then the next chapter. Bab. في بيان أحكام القضاء للصيام The chapter regarding making up the days of Ramadan Imagine now you ended up missing some days from Ramadan Firstly, what are the reasons why somebody may be allowed to miss fasting? What are the reasons why somebody is allowed to miss fasting? Give me one. Medical reasons. You mean if somebody is ill, 
If somebody is ill and they can't fast, so they are allowed to miss the fasting. That is one. Somebody give us another one. Old age. If somebody is very old in age and they can no longer fast because they are too weak, then that can be a reason to not fast. Another one. That's two so far. Young age? How old are you? Eight. Young age, we already spoke about it before. When do you have to start fasting? When you reach the age of puberty. Before the age of puberty, the scholars they say, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned, before the age of puberty, if a child is able to fast, he's able to do it, then the parents should tell him to do it, if he's able. Nowadays, most will not be able, but normally, if the fasting in winter, for example, most kids are able, 7 o'clock till 4 o'clock, that's it. If they are able, before the age of puberty, Shaykh al-Islam said, tell them. Tell them to fast and get practicing, if they're able to do it. So before the age of puberty, you don't have to do it anyway. Unless you are able, then you should try and do it. So, so far we have illness, old age. Is that the two we mentioned only so far? Third one. So young age is not one because you don't have to fast in young age anyway until you get to age of puberty. Number three then. Traveling. If you're out on a journey somewhere, that also means you're allowed to not fast. You can miss the fast when you're traveling. And number four. Mm, that one may be, maybe, but there's something else. That one is a maybe, maybe. The woman, when they have the, the female issue regarding the uh, cycle of the month, when the women have the cycle of the month, then of course they do not fast for that. And also, along with that number four part B, birth. When women give birth afterwards, they have the bleeding for a while, they do not need to fast. Pregnancy and the, uh, the natural feeding, that is not necessarily a reason to not fast. Some scholars say that is a reason, others they say it depends. If the woman is fit and healthy, then there's no reason for her to not fast, even if she's pregnant. So that is not automatic. Some scholars say it's automatic. If you're pregnant or you are breastfeeding, automatically you don't have to fast. Some scholars say no, it's not just automatic like that. If she's pregnant, okay, let's check. Are you physically healthy, fit? The woman says yes, the doctor told me, gave me full green ticks. Physically fit and healthy, no problem. Is fasting going to have any impact on you? She says, no, the doctor said to me, you're in excellent condition, 100%. Even if you fast, medically, there's no problem. Is your baby going to be affected? Doctor says, no, mashallah, baby is growing big and everything. There's no problem even if you fast. In that case, some scholars say, you are not allowed to miss. They say, what are you going to miss for then? All the doctors are telling you everything is fine. You, your baby, everything. You have no reason to miss then. So some scholars say you can't miss even if you're pregnant. 
if everything checks out, green ticks on all the checklist, then they say you have to fast. But if there are some crosses, doctor says your medical health is a problem. If you fast while you're pregnant, you're going to cause problems for yourself, for your baby, everything. Now you don't have the green tick, now you can miss. That is what some scholars say. Other scholars, they say you don't need to do checklist. If you're pregnant, automatic you can miss fasting. So there's a difference about that one. Same with breastfeeding. They say if it's going to cause a problem to the breastfeeding, the milk is going to become short in supply, then okay, you can miss. But if it's not going to go any problem to the feeding, it's not going to have an impact on the supply of the milk, then fast. Why are you not fasting then? So again, those two are not automatic as some scholars say. Others say they are. So there we have four main reasons. One is if you are ill. That was the first one. When you're ill, is that one automatic as well? You can miss fasting? Not completely automatic. You have to check what kind of illness you've got. If the illness you've got is going to become worse when you fast, then you're allowed to miss fasting. If the illness you've got is going to cause you pain when you try and fast, then you can miss. If the illness you've got is going to take longer to get better because you fast, then you can miss fasting. But if the illness you've got isn't going to cause you any pain to fast, isn't going to make it worse if you fast, isn't going to take longer to get better if you fast, it's not going to have any impact on your illness if you fast. In that case, you should fast. Like for example, somebody's got a cold. You got a few sneezes. Not a fever, not aches and pains, just a small cold. Sometimes you get a few sneezes for a day or two. Somebody's got a small cold, a minor cold, a bit of a sniffle. That type of thing, when you got a bit of a sniffle in your nose, if you fast, are you suddenly going to get pains and aches and you're going to be dead on the bed? No. no. If you fast, is it going to make your cold become worse and become some life-threatening disease all of a sudden? No. If you fast, is your cold going to take six, uh, a week or two weeks to get better now instead of two days? Not really. Unless it was something a bit more severe, then you need liquids and everything. Normally not really. So a minor cold is an illness, but is it something that prevents you from fasting? For most people, no. Some people maybe it could be different. For most people, that's a minor illness which does not qualify to prevent you from fasting. You know, the scholars of the past, what they used to say, how do you work out which illness allows you to miss fasting and which one does not? Some of them used to say, if you are able to leave your house and go out and about and do stuff, then that means your illness is not severe enough for you to stop fasting. Imagine you got a heavy cold. Even a heavy cold. 
nose is running and you're sneezing and everything. Normally, when people have a heavy cold, heavy sneezing, running nose, everything, you could still get up and go to the corner shop and buy your paracetamol by yourself. True or false? A heavy cold doesn't stop you from getting out, putting your jacket on, going to the shop and coming back, does it? In those days, the Salaf used to say, in that case, fast, what's your problem? You're good enough to get up out of bed, go out of your house, go to the shop and come back, then why are you not fasting? They used to say the criteria is, like we say these days, bedridden. If you are bedridden, meaning you're on your bed, you're ill, you can't even get up. That means you can miss fasting. But if you're ill, but not that bad, you're not lying in bed, you can get up, you can walk around, then they used to say fast, you're not that ill. That's how they used to say some of the scholars. If you can get up out of bed and walk around and even go out quickly to the shop and come back, you can do all of that stuff, then you're not really seriously ill fast. But if you're really stuck on your bed, ill, really bad, you can't even get up, you can't do anything, you can barely get up in your house, and in that case, okay, they say you can miss. That's what they used to say. So it's not just any illness. You got a small cold and you say, that's it, I'm going to miss three days. Illness depends on those things. Is it really a serious illness? Is it going to cause you pain? Is it going to make it worse if you fast? Is it going to take longer to get better if you fast? If all of that or some of those things are true, then okay, miss. But if none of that is true, then fast. Minor, something minor doesn't prevent you from fasting. Somebody's got a bit of a headache, for example. One day you wake up and you got a bit of a headache. You got a small headache. So you wake up and you got a headache. Do you decide, halas, that's it. I got a headache today. I'm not fasting today. That allowed? For most people, no. There could be some extreme cases, people get migraines, whatever, that's different. Most normal healthy people, you have a bit of a headache, that does not prevent you from fasting. That's not going to harm you or make it worse. Or A headache is a headache, it'll come and go. Even if you fast for the day. And have your liquids at the end when you open it, inshallah it goes quickly. That's nothing major. So minor illnesses like that are not a reason for you to just miss fasting. Illnesses, you have to look at the situation and look at the criteria of it. So now then, what you also need to know is, the ruling about the person who's got an illness that passes the criteria to miss fasting. That can be two types. What two types are they? There are two types of reasons or illnesses that people can miss fasting for. It's about the, how long you're going to be ill for. So some people have temporary illness. You're fit and healthy, but for a week in Ramadan you get some virus, some, some bug, and you are bedridden. Aches and pains and fever and everything, one week you're out. With some virus. It lasts a week, you get better again. Like you get sometimes in winter all the time. That type of virus, it's only temporary. It's going to be on you for about a week and then you get better. So that illness, is it permanent or is it just short? Short. If you have a short illness which qualifies to miss fasting, then you can miss fasting. After Eid, what do you have to do? Make up the days for how many you missed because of that short illness. The second type 
is somebody who has a permanent illness. Some people, they go to the doctor and the doctor says, you got some problem in your stomach and we can't fix it. There is no cure. We can just give you some tablets, keep having them every day and it'll keep the pain away. It'll just keep it okay. But there's no cure. This is always going to stay with you, this problem you have. So they tell him, you can't fast. This stomach problem you got, you can't fast. Not now, not next year, not next year, not next year. You can't fast. This is permanent illness with you. So now that person, he can't fast. Can he make up the days afterwards? No, because his illness is forever. So what's he going to do then? After resurrection? Not after resurrection. After resurrection, there's no more actions and deeds we can do. Only in this life we can do them. When you die, then it finishes. You can't do things after that. So, he has to feed... That's another one. That's another one. For this individual, he has to feed the poor people. The individual who is sick, the individual who is sick and is not expected to recover, then obviously that type of person cannot make up the days. He cannot make up the days. So instead, he has to feed a poor person for every day that he misses because he's never going to be able to make it up. So that is about the ill reason. If somebody is ill, is it automatic to miss fasting? No, you have to check the illness, if it's going to harm you, etc. Those things we said. If it is going to, so you can miss fasting. Afterwards you have to make up the days. But if your illness is permanent, feed a poor person every day. The second one was old age. A person who is old in age and can no longer fast. Some of the uncles here are old, but alhamdulillah, I think everybody can fast yet. Huh? Oh, the uncles here, they're okay, they all fast yet. But if you get very old in age, you get very old in age, and you can't fast anymore. Your body is too weak. So now you're allowed to miss. And what are you going to do afterwards? Do you have to make them up afterwards? If there's somebody's old in age and they miss because old age, do they have to make them up afterwards then, huh? When are they going to make them up? When they're even older. So the old age person can't make them up because after Ramadan he's going to be even older. He's not going to be able to make them up. He's not going to be able to fast. So somebody old in age who can't fast anymore physically, their body can't do it, they can miss and instead they feed a poor person for every day. For every day. Feed a poor person for every day. That is the elderly in age. What if you're old in age and you can still fast? If you're old in age and you can still fast. Like, mashallah, you know we were joking before, but our brothers from the African continent, mashallah, 
1995, no problem, still cutting the trees down, huh? So if you get to old age but you can still fast, then you have to fast. So this is only if you get to old age but you are weak and you can't do it anymore. If you can still do it, alhamdulillah, you still do it. You're capable, you're capable. But only if you're not capable. What was the third one? Traveling. So when you're traveling, what's the ruling? You can miss the day. If you have the ability to fast, you're fit and strong, and you can fast even when you're traveling, then what should you do? Then you should just fast? You have a choice. Some scholars, they say you can miss anyway. Because Allah has given you the permission to miss. Some scholars say it's better for you to fast if you can. If you're able, they say just do it. Because then you won't have any days left to make up afterwards. So they say do it. Why are you going to leave days to make up for? Others they say no. Even if you can do it, don't do it. Miss the day if you're traveling. Because Allah has given you permission. And Allah loves that you take the permissions Allah gives you. So if Allah has given you this permission to miss the fasting when you're traveling, take the permission Allah has given you. And make up the days afterwards. So that is a choice. Unless you are the type of person who is unable to fast when you travel. In that case, you must not fast and you must miss. And then you make those days up afterwards. We mentioned that last time, remember, if somebody goes traveling on purpose to miss fasting. So some of the scholars, they say, still you would be allowed because you're traveling. Others, they'll say, if you travel on purpose to miss fasting, then it doesn't apply to you. Because you're only traveling for the sake of being able to miss fasting. And that the scholars, some of them say, isn't allowed. The actual travel, what is traveling, that is a big issue about itself. So some of the scholars, they say, if you leave your city, you go out of your city, you're not considered a traveler. Others, they say, if you travel 49 miles or 50 miles, 80 kilometers, beyond that, if you're going to go further than that, you're a traveler. Other scholars, they say, it's all about the tradition of the people. If the people of Bolton think, when you go to Manchester, that's a big journey, that's a travel, then okay. But if the people of Bolton think that's nothing, that's around the corner, then you can't consider that travel. If the people of Bolton think Birmingham, that's a travel. So now that is what traveling is, about the culture of the people, what they believe traveling is. So that is a difference of opinion. But the point here is you make up those days afterwards. Then what is left? The woman who is on the period or the postnatal bleeding, what is the ruling for them? They have to miss, they have no choice, they have to miss. And then they make up those days afterwards. They have to miss and they make up those days afterwards. The only issue left now is the pregnant and the breastfeeding women. And this is a difference of opinion about them. If a pregnant woman misses the fasting, or a breastfeeding woman misses the fasting, what is the ruling upon her afterwards? Make up the fasts. 
do what? So do what then? Nothing? Just relax, that's it? Feed the poor people. So there are two opinions about it. Some scholars, they say, a pregnant or breastfeeding woman, if she misses afterwards, just makes up the days. Others, they say, no, all she has to do is feed a poor person for every day she misses. And some scholars have a detailed opinion. They say, if a pregnant woman misses the fasting because she fears for her own health, then she just makes up the days afterwards. But if she misses the fasting because she fears for the health of her unborn baby, then she only has to feed for every day. Some scholars have difference in, in the reason why she misses the fasting. Is it for her own health or the health of her baby? They put a different ruling for her and a different ruling for the baby. Some of the scholars have that and there are some narrations from the Salaf regarding that as well. So that is a difference of opinion about it. Then there are a few minor other issues. A few minor other issues. If a person now went traveling and they're catching a flight back to England, the flight back is a night flight. And it lands in England, in Manchester Airport, 2 p.m. So you get back to Bolton at your house, 3 p.m., 4 p.m. latest. Your flight was overnight flight. You set off from that other country, 2 a.m. Night flight, all night you keep traveling and you got back here at 2 p.m., 12-hour flight. Or with the time difference, whatever hours, but you get here at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So you're not fasting. You're not fasting. Because at the suhoor time you were in the air traveling. You're a traveler. So you're not fasting. The breakfast they gave you on the plane, mashallah, you ate it all. And the lunch they gave you, ate it all. You're traveling. Then at 2 p.m. you landed in Manchester. At 4 p.m. you arrived at home. Fast opens in Bolton, 9 p.m. From 4 p.m. to 9 p.m., are you a traveler? You finished. Your reason for missing the fast has expired. Finished. You're not a traveler anymore. So are you allowed to carry on eating after 4 p.m. till 9 p.m.? Or do you have to fast now from 4 p.m. till 9 p.m.? Fast and then make it up afterwards. Everybody agree on that? Yes. So now this person comes from Uganda, lands here, miskin, he's been traveling all that time, comes here at 4 o'clock, he wants to eat. They say, Akhi, what are you talking about? Eat Ramadan, fasting till 9 o'clock. That's what you're going to tell him? So you're going to tell him you can't eat. You're going to tell him, sorry, 9 o'clock it opens. You're going to tell him it's okay, you can eat. So some people think you can carry on eating for the rest of the day because the f beginning of the day, did you have a, a legitimate, valid reason? Did you have a reason to not fast? 
Yes, what was your reason? You were traveling. But at 4 o'clock you arrived. Now the reason has gone because you're not traveling anymore. So can you still carry on not fasting or do you have to fast now? So some people are saying you have to fast now. Some people are saying you don't. You can carry anything, relax. Who said that? Huh? Intention what? So you can carry on eating, drinking, you're saying, basically. There are two opinions of the scholars. There are two opinions. One opinion of the scholar says, you cannot eat and drink now once you land, once you come to your house, like in our example, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m., you must fast. Because your reason which allowed you to not fast has gone, expired. You're not traveling anymore. So why are you not fasting now? They say fast till 9 o'clock. That is one opinion. The other opinion of the scholars is, in the morning, did you have a valid reason not to fast? You did, because in the morning at suhoor, at fajr time, you were traveling. That reason was valid for this day, because fasting is all day from fajr till maghrib. So they say your reason stays valid from Fajr till Maghrib. That's when your fast opens. You were not fasting in the morning. You didn't start fasting for that day because you were traveling. The fast finishes at Maghrib. So your reason stays with you. It's valid till Maghrib. Because the fast is all day till Maghrib. And even if you fast from 4 till 9, will it count? You still have to make up the full day. You can't just make up afterwards till 4 o'clock one day and miss 5 hours. You gotta make up the full day. So there are two opinions about this. There are two opinions about it. Some scholars say you can't eat, you gotta fast now, your reason is expired. Others they say no, your reason was valid for the whole day. At the beginning of the day, you were not fasting because you're traveling. Now if you come back in the middle of the day, that's not your fault. Your reason was valid not to fast that day. So you can carry on not fasting that day. The same for a woman who's on the period and her period finishes in the middle of the day. The rest of the day, does she have to fast or not? Same thing. Some scholars say, of course, the reason is expired. Period finished. Fast the rest of the day. Others, they say, no, in the morning she woke up, she was still on the period. So she had a valid reason not to fast. The fast carries on till Maghrib. Her reason is okay now for all day not to fast. Because in the morning she woke up still on the period. So those things the scholars they mention, they have a principle. They say if you broke your fast for a valid reason, then you do not have to fast that day all day till the end. So the person who was traveling in the morning broke his fast, he didn't fast for a valid reason? Yes, so he doesn't have to fast now the whole of the day. A woman who in the morning was still on her period was not fasting for a valid reason? Yes, so they say upon the principle you can carry on all day and not fast then. A person is walking along the river. You got any rivers here? Canals? He's walking along the canal and the river and he sees Anas, Ali. Ali fell into the canal and he's struggling, he can't swim. So now you lot see him, one of you sees him, you jump in to save him. 
But when you're saving him and it's all difficult and you're trying to get back, both of you end up swallowing some of the canal water. So you both open your fasts. Your fast now, you're the, you're the hero. You saved him. Your fast broke because you ended up swallowing the water. You knew you were going to do that. You knew if I jump into the water and try and do all of this and drag him out, I'm going to end up eating or drinking the water. You knew that. So you went in knowing you were going to open your fast. Knowing it was going to happen. Because you're not expert swimmer or anything anyway as well. So you knew you were going to end up opening your fast. You jumped in and it opened. You drank some by accident. Or you drank some knowing that it was going to happen. Did you open your fast now for a valid reason or not? No? You're going to let Ali drown? Yeah, but then he's going to die. In that case, it's a valid reason. That's a valid reason. Because either you think to yourself, I'm not a good swimmer. If I jump in to save him, I could just about save him. But I know I'm not that good. I'm going to end up swallowing water. I'm going to open my fast. You can do it. Because you have to save him. That is a priority in the Sharia. To preserve life. So if you jump in in that situation and you got to open your fast to save him, then okay. That's allowed. And your fast has been opened for a legitimate reason. That is allowed. Wow. You got to make it up. You have to make it up. That is the same as all these others. He's traveling in the morning. He's not fasting for a legitimate reason. She's on the period not fasting for a legitimate reason. You've opened your fast to save somebody's life. Legitimate reason. So it's allowed. And the rest of the day, the same two opinions apply to you. You could apply the opinion, I opened my fast for a legitimate reason and not fast the rest of the day. And then make it up afterwards. So that is something the scholars, they mention about legitimate reasons for opening your fast. Okay. So now imagine Here you are on the 13th fast India is already on the 14th one So when you get there And you finish off the month Imagine in India They see the moon on the 29th day in India That means they fasted 29 days You've only done 28 days. That's what it means. Hmm? Okay, other way, no problem. So if it's the other way, they have fasted, let's say now they, see, they don't see the moon on 29th. They see the moon on 30th. So they fasted 30 days. You fasted 31. What are you going to do? When they are doing their 30th fast, for you it should be Read because that is number 31. What are you going to do? But, but, even when you miss the fast when you're traveling that day, the 31st day. 
is still Eid day for you because the Ramadan has ended. 30 days have, when 30 days have gone, Ramadan has gone. The one day traveling day, you make it up afterwards. The 31st day is your Eid day, which is their 30th day. So what are you going to do? Are you going to do Eid by yourself or are you going to fast with everybody? So secretly don't fast on that day. Eat at home, outside, you're with everybody. And then next day do Eid with everybody else as well. Everybody wants to agree on that? Huh? Fast with them and do Eid with them. Anybody else? <laughs> Follow the country you started with, so that's the same as you. Uh, don't fast on that day and then just do the Eid next day with everybody else. Well, well. So, what you do? This, again, you get different opinions about these issues. That is one opinion. They say you cannot fast 31 days. Even the one day you missed for traveling, doesn't matter. You are fasting now Eid day. For you, it is Eid day. So you cannot fast Eid day for you, they say. Because now it is the 31st day since you began fasting. Since you began fasting, it is now the 31st day. You can't say, but I'm not counting the day I was traveling, so it's my 30th day. The, the month is on the moon. So some say you can't fast that day. Secretly open your fast. Secretly open your fast. Next day to eat with everybody else. That's an opinion. Some scholars have your opinion. Fast with them. Fast with them the, your 31st day. And then to eat the next day. What is a proof they use which is a good proof? Sort of. Imagine now you go... On the day you're traveling, on the day, uh, India is not a good example. Imagine one of your cousins is coming from India here. That's a better example. He sets off from India, aeroplane sets off at 6 p.m. in India. India, 6 p.m. aeroplane sets off to come to England. Fasting opens in India maybe Maghrib what time? 8 p.m.? 8 p.m. 7.30, 8pm. So, so, two hours after the aeroplane takes off, two or three hours after the aeroplane takes off, it should be his time to open the fast. Only problem is, two or three hours after the aeroplane takes off, when he looks outside the window, it's still going to be light, because he's heading towards the sun. When you're traveling east to west, the day gets longer. So he's traveling towards the sun. When it says iftar time, he looks outside. The sun is still there. It's going to take another two or three hours before it gets dark outside. For example, it's going to take longer. It's going to end up being 11 p.m. on his watch until it gets dark outside. When does he open his fast? At the 8 p.m. on his watch from when he set off, even though outside it's not Maghrib time in the aeroplane. Or does he have to wait and wait and wait until finally it gets dark outside, which is going to be another two or three hours later because you're coming towards the sun. When does he open his fast? His own time. 
So you're sticking to your first fatwa. Anybody else? <laughs> is he allowed to open his fast at his 8 o'clock? This is my India opening time. Outside light, sun hasn't even gone down yet. Is it allowed? How can it be allowed? The sun is in the sky, you're going to open your fast? Not allowed? The sun is in the sky, how can you open your fast? You have to wait. In that situation, no doubt, you have to wait. Carry on with the airplane, wait, 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 until it finally goes down. When it goes down, by that time you're probably in Europe somewhere. Germany, something over there. By the time it goes down, it's maybe 11 o'clock on your watch from India time. Finally it goes dark outside. Now you can take, ask them, bring my meal now. That's what you have to do. You cannot just say, oh, 8 o'clock is my opening time, India. Still the sun is outside yet because you're traveling westwards. You can't open your fast. You have to wait until it gets dark outside. So now, in that situation, you added on an extra maybe two hours from your opening time of India. Because you had to wait for the sun to go down. Uh, but still, regardless of whether you... Imagine you're the pilot. That's your job every day. Same rule applies. He's got to wait. Everybody, same rule applies. The sun goes down, now you open your fast. You had to wait. The scholar, Shaykh al says the same thing applies to this, this situation. You go to a country and they are one day behind you. You have to wait. Stay with them, fast the next day. They are in their Ramadan still. Stay with them, fast the next day, just like if you had to wait for the sun to go down. Imagine now, you know when you, on the Concorde, on the Concorde, now it's finished. They used to do the Concorde from UK to America. Three hours. And the time difference in winter or summer, whatever, it can be three, four hours. So if you set off at 8 p.m. from the UK, you land in New York at... 8 p.m. The flight was actually four hours maybe. Your fast opens in the UK at 8.15 or 8.30. You set off at 8 p.m. Still light. You carry on, carry on, carry on, carry on. It's get to midnight on your watch and you land in America and then you hear the Adhan from Maghrib. When are you going to open your fast? When you land. Exactly. So you're going to add the full flight of four hours. Because the sun isn't going to set until you get there. Because of the differential in the time and how it works. So Shaykh al says, because of that same kind of reasoning, his opinion and some scholars' opinion, fast with them the next day. Because you are there now, you're going to work on their timetable. Just like if you went to another country and the sun hasn't gone down yet, on your clock for your country's time, it's gone. But you're not in this country, you have to wait for their sun to go down. That's how it works. Same if you're traveling backwards, eastwards. You're going to end up opening your fast earlier than your time in the country. Okay, no problem. You're in the aeroplane, the sun's going to go down two hours before your time in the UK. No problem, you open it when the sun goes down. So, there are opinions about that issue. About what you do when you go to a country and they are different to your beginning of Ramadan. Some say, secretly don't fast and do Eid the next day. What about the other way, like I said at the beginning? No, you, in your country, you've done 13 days. When you get to their country, they're already on their 14th day. They spotted the moon on the 29th, we didn't spot it till the 30th. So we're a day behind them. 
They spot the moon on the 29th day, which will only be your 28th day. What do you do now? Khalas, he's on that today. That's it. You do the Eid with them, and then afterwards you need to make up one day at least, because Ramadan cannot be 28 days. So that is some of the fatawa the scholars mention about the traveling. What's the other? I don't know any other opinion for that. You can't fast on Eid day. If all of the people in that country are doing Eid, because there are other narrations, uh, open your fast when the people open their fast, uh, and fast when they fast. So upon that, maybe there could be, you always find opinions, but I don't think it's a popular opinion that they will say you secretly fast when the whole country is doing Eid. What are you going to do all day? All day try and pretend you're not feeling well and everybody's giving you food. Big problem. I don't think there's really, I, I never heard of a fatwa where they say, pretend to be doing Eid but you're fasting. I don't know about that one. Most of the scholars there say do Eid and then you make up one day afterwards. Mm. We'll have to stop there. Huh? So you're opening fast straight away. Uh, it's going to be shorter then. That's it. You fast with them and then the Eid is the following day. Upon that opinion. Mm. Travels to school every day. So he, like, he lives in Birmingham but he studies in London. And he studies in Birmingham. No, these kind of the scholars I've mentioned, if you travel on purpose, not to, but what's the point? So you can make, so you can do them in winter? It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not suitable. That is not suitable. The scholars, they say, if you do it on purpose, some of the scholars say it's not allowed. If you do it on purpose, just to miss fasting. We'll have to stop there, go to another class, inshallah. We'll carry on next week, 6.30 again, inshallah.